Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back at you with our second August edition of the podcast here in 2021. And it's going to be another action-packed show, just like last week. We're going to be joined by four guests on today's program, starting off with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Next up will be Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And last but not least, our good buddy Matt Rainamo from over on Nantucket in the Nantucket Tackle Center. I want to thank everybody that's taken the time over the last couple of weeks to listen to the podcast. The response has been fantastic. And if you are enjoying the show and you're consuming it on Apple Podcasts or one of these other podcast hosting platforms that allow you to leave a review, I sure would appreciate you taking the few minutes it takes to give us four or five stars, whatever you think we're worthy of, and leave a few words of feedback. So thanks to all of our listeners that have been tuning in since day one, and welcome to all of our new listeners over the past couple of weeks. Let's get right to it on today's program. Well, as promised, first up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is My Fishing Cape Cod founder and creator, Ryan Collins. And Ryan, how are you on this dreary Monday afternoon? I'm doing pretty well, Kevin. I'm making the most of it. I'm actually outside in the rain right now wearing my Grundens. And I'm playing a bunch of fish. So it's quite nice, actually, being outside on a rainy day. Yeah, and you've got a real nice fillet board and fillet set up in your yard. I've been fortunate enough to uh, see it and help use it from time to time. And tell us a little bit about the the different species of fish you're filleting, first off. I'm doing a smorgasbord of species today. I'm doing skate, fluke, dogfish, and sea robin. So that's a pretty biblical mix of fish, and I'm guessing you got those all out with Bruno yesterday on his trip? Yes, and are you going to talk with Bruno specifically about that trip? Because I just don't want to repeat his information. For sure. I'm I'm definitely going to talk with Bruno later in the podcast, but if you'd like to give, you know, a 50,000-foot overview of how you think the trip went, I think that would be great. We left... At 5 a.m. yesterday, out of Harwich, fished the shoals to the southeast of Cape Cod. Got a whole bunch of different fish species, as we were just alluding to. Had a great time with Leo Schmidt. He's a member of the site. And I met Rich Schunard for the first time. And those two guys won spots on these trips because they donated to a special fundraiser we did in the forum. Ryan, one of the things I'm, I'm most interested about in, in what you just mentioned in terms of the fish that you're filleting, you know, all bottom fish, and uh, I'm guessing you, you pulled them up uh, while you were fluke fishing, kind of mixed in. I know you've talked about the skate wings before, kind of frying those up. Those are a delicacy in other parts of the world. Uh, you've talked about filleting sea robins, but I got to ask what you're doing with the dogfish. I just have no earthly idea on what you do with dogfish. This was the first time I filleted one. It was relatively straightforward and simple. The meat at first glance looks nice and white and I probably will pan fry it and just see if taste, see if it tastes any different from fluke or sea bass. I think it's gotta be good, Kevin. Okay. 
And in terms of the meat, uh, the quantity of meat on a dogfish, is there a lot or a little? What's the uh, composition like once you get inside? Well, it's cartilage instead of bone, so it's a little different. The skin is a little different, but removing the skin is the same process as with pretty much every other fish. And the guts and stuff is, you know, similar. The process is just a little different, and I'm making a video, so I'll probably post that at some point. You get two nice strips of a filet on each side, and it's a white meat with the texture of a sea bass, I'd say. Very, very interesting. And and I know, I think in other parts of the world, they use uh, dogfish filets as like fish and chips, that type type of deal. Absolutely. So I have high expectations here for the dogfish. And I will definitely be reporting back about how it goes. Now, one thing I just want to talk to the the membership about, too, is uh, you and I finally got a chance to do some fishing last week. And we actually found some decent fish inside Cape Cod Bay, which I think is pretty refreshing. I think so. And on that night, they were on very small bait. And I think you can attest to their level of finickiness. But the cool thing was the bioluminescence. And the phosphorus and seeing those fish at night zipping around, it was like, it almost looked like torpedoes glowing in the dark, zipping all over the place with the bioluminescence. Yeah, that, it, it was a very, very special thing to be able to watch these fish kind of glow up and glow in the dark as they swam through, smashing whatever those small bait fish were. Have you been able to kind of glean you know what potentially these bait fish are that they're eating inside cape cod bay um i haven't i got some underwater video that night but i haven't taken a close look at it just yet all right and some administrative stuff i wanted to talk about with you that you and i have been going back and forth on in terms of the podcast uh we've done extremely well and i know that the both of us want to thank everyone that's taking the time to listen to these podcasts, but the last couple that we've released have done exceedingly well. Uh, We have a a larger audience than I think ever before. And I want to thank the membership for listening and also the newcomers to the podcast that might be listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, Google play, wherever they're finding the, my fishing Cape Cod podcast, you know, thank you so much for, for coming. And if you can leave us a review, that would be amazing. Absolutely. So what I've been doing for most of the podcasts over the last year is making them for members only. So for supporting members of my fishing But these last two podcasts, we released right away to the general public and I put them on iTunes and Spotify and they did pretty well. We've gotten over a thousand downloads of each of those last episodes. And that tells me there's a lot of new listeners to these last two episodes. And just like Kevin said, I'd like to just say hello to you guys. And if you're enjoying what we're chatting about, you can always get more by going to the website, myfishingcapecon.com and consider joining as a member. Ryan, one of the the most popular features of the website is the forum, and it's something I hear you know frequently about from the membership on how useful it is in exchanging ideas and information, and also helping bring people together to fish. You know that uh, folks that may fish alone predominantly may exchange ideas or 
uh, techniques with other folks and they end up becoming friends and going fishing together. So the forum is a great asset to those that are members on my fishing Cape Cod. Is there anything in particular going on in there that you've seen this week that might be of interest to bring up to the podcast? Yes, we have an October 2nd surf casting tournament that was launched by my fishing Cape Cod member, Mike Marcus inside the forum. And we've gotten, I think 28 teams wow. for that uh, tournament, or it could be 28 people. I forget, <laughs> but our goal is to have at least 50 people. So this is, this will be a members only tournament for at least this first year, but it will be the same general style as the cheeky fly fishing tournament, where it will be your two largest stripers per team. We'll measure them. You'll take a quick photo for proof. And we'll have some prizes, and we'll just have an opportunity to get together for a little while. It's got to be October 2nd, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there's a post on the blog. There's information in the forum. There's a sign-up link. It's $25 per person, and we're donating all the money to charity. And it's just a great thing that Mike started inside the forum. And just lots of cool stuff originates inside the forum. The trip with Bruno originated inside the forum. And like you said, it's a good place to network. So check it out if you haven't already. Now, Ryan, I know you've been very busy the last week. Uh, You got out with Captain Colin Lundholm on a great white shark expedition that we talked about on the last podcast. Uh, You and I got a chance to do some fishing inside Cape Cod Bay. You've been rigging up and, and filming your fluke trip. Uh, with Bruno, and I know there's a lot of footage that you obtained from that trip probably. I know you were very busy getting the cameras all ready, and that might turn into a episode of MFCC TV if that trip went as well as, as I've heard it went. What else is on the horizon for you in, in the immediate future in terms of fishing? Well, I think everyone's getting excited about funny fish. So I know Benito haven't caught around Nantucket. I have not seen any yet in my adventures recently, but False albacore will be arriving later this month. I'm really looking forward to targeting false albacore from boat, from shore, from kayak, in Buzzards Bay, Nantucket Sound. And what else? School bluefin tuna later in September. Got a few trips with Captain Cullen. Probably be up on Stellwagen Bank somewhere. And aside from that, just kind of... uh, seeing how things go. I'd love to get my mom out fishing on the 12 foot boat. Love to get my dad out fishing on the 12 foot boat. And maybe if my sister comes home from New York city, I'll get her out fishing on the 12 foot boat. I, I like using that little boat during the summer when the weather's nice. All right. Well, that all sounds great. And I thank you for taking time out of your night. I know you're busy filleting all those fish, so we'll let you get back to work, but thanks for all the Intel and sharing some time with us on the podcast. And I think this is Going to be a great show that we've got lined up in store for folks. We're going to have a great panel of experts following you. So looking forward to the rest of the program and hopefully catch up with you next week. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you soon. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Phil, how are you doing on this overcast Monday? Yeah, overcast, but I've just had a lovely walk with my wife down Morset Beach, so I'm not complaining. It was actually quite warm when the sun came out, so no complaints going. 
So you just had a lovely walk. I got to ask, did you see any birds working, anything up on the surface? No, I didn't, actually, on this walk. But the, the guys fishing just off Norset have been doing really well, close to shore, um, which makes you think that the beach is going to go off at any minute. You know, minute. The, the bite further north is good. You know, people on the outer beaches up the Cape are doing okay, but it's still pretty quiet down here, and there's some big patches of weed in the water as well. It's all staging. It's all going to go off soon. The weed makes it no fun, especially from, from shore, Phil. You hit the nail on the head with that. The guys that are getting uh, some of those bigger fish that are in, I'll say, a little bit closer to shore, not quite offshore, but, uh, you know, in pretty tight. Uh, do you know what they're using or, or what those fish are eating? Yeah, a lot of people have been live lining mackerel. Okay. Um, and it is interesting that there seems to be a, a jigging bite appearing, which we haven't had for a few years. So the people who have been, you know, jigging the classic A17s, A27 jigs mm-hmm. have been doing great. And that's partially because the sand eels are back after a few years. And that, that jig is designed to emulate a sand eel jigging around. So uh, we've, seen, we've seen people successful on that. So that's definitely happening. So hopefully if we get a, a little bit cleaner water, the weed moves out of there. Maybe those fish will move in tight to the beach and, and as you mentioned i'll say the, the surf casting action could pick up here in the next week or so i think so we, we fished it was uh it was john and i's 27th wedding anniversary on friday we we took the pontoon boat out with our kids and some friends and yeah because we were there we, we took the pontoon boat to the inlet and then we walked over the top of the beach and we fished and we picked up a few schoolies in the surf hmm. yeah so it's kind of there but yeah, not worth walking all the way to the inlet for, if you know what I mean. So I think, uh, yeah, over the coming weeks, the whole beach is light up. But north, the northern beaches, yeah, the racers fish well. And, and coming down the backside from there, if you can get access to the ocean, I think you, you're in for a good chance of fish. And what are you hearing about Cape Cod Bay, Phil, from folks that are uh, coming in the store, your network of captains? Yeah, Cape Cod Bay, it's been... It's been mixed you know because the water gets warm but then we've had some crazy bites and like you and you and i chatting about before the podcast about you know fish at night in shallow water as they come onto the flats after the heat of the day has gone it's really worth a try with you know small patterns sandal patterns that kind of thing um the the bite the bait generally hasn't been as good but then you know some of my fly guys have been coming out and they've been doing the classic fishing from low tide as the tide's starting to come in and, and they're picking up fish so yeah they're there and what we you know we mustn't underestimate in the bay especially is how many bluefish there are around and some of the bluefish are absolute gators you know we're catching 10 to 20 pound bluefish now which yeah pound for pound if you're putting the things back is yeah i would catch a 10 pound bluefish every single day over a 20 pound bass mm. sporting perspective but yeah you just got to be you just got to be mindful, yeah, you don't use your 10-pound test fluorocarbon because it's not going to last very long. You just got to, I fish 60-pound fluoro um, rather than wireline because there are bass in there as well. You know, so, so it's, all, it's all that, yeah, that, that's sketchy on a day, but I'd encourage people to fish first thing in the morning and, and late into the evening if you can. And if you do venture out onto the flats, just be very careful on your way back because the water comes behind you on the breaking tide. Phil, one of the things I've, I've been hearing, too, from a, a couple of the charter guys, and this goes along with the intel that you just gave, is when they're fishing during the day, 
uh, use Billingsgate for an example. I mean, there's fish there, and they're snapping wire, and they're, and they're jigging the bottom, but they're just all really small fish. Yes, the bigger fish tend to be is coming after dark. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of small fish. But then this weekend, it went nuts. All my charter captains just said they never had fishing like it. Hmm. You know, in the bay and on the ocean side. For wherever we were in moon phase, tide phase, psychic alignment, I don't know what, the fish decided to chew this weekend. Hmm. And I've had a number of captains. You know, one of my captains, Captain Brett Wilson, on hindsight out of Rock Harbor, he said, you know, he did a week's worth of fish in one charter. Wow. Good fish. So, you know, it's just a case of, you know, just got to keep persevering because when, they, when it goes off, it goes off. Hmm. And I know, you know, Damon on Pythus was telling me, you know, he had a, the, the trip of myth and legend this weekend. So if you can get on a charter boat, then, you know, those guys are dialed into it far better than me. And, you know, you run, you know, you could have a fantastic session. You really could. And Phil, I know you've also got a chance to get offshore recently. Can you fill us in on an offshore uh, first-hand report from yourself? Yeah, uh, first-hand is good and bad. Um, last Sunday, we lost a big fish. Um, out at, uh, We were out east of the Regal Sword. And then on Tuesday, we ventured back and pretty much fished within 100 yards where we were. And we had a 107-inch fish, so we had a great fish. And then I fished the bay on Wednesday. Uh, which is the last day of commercial season. And, you know, the bay pretty much only stocks big fish. And mm. Unfortunately, we got the line caught under the gill plates and we lost it about an hour and a half. So good and bad personally. Um, yeah, the great news is the trolling bites is starting to go off again. Um, one of my um, staff members, Winslow, who's a retired gentleman, you know, when he, when he doubled up um, east of Chatham on bars, the widow maker, he had a 73-inch uh, fish and a 84-inch fish wow. at the same time, which is pretty good for two guys on his boat. But he was trolling, you know, he was trolling slightly north of Chatham. So that bite's definitely there. Um, the bay bite, forget about, because they're only big fish and the commercial season's closed, so I'm not necessarily targeting them just for the hell of it. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, more wreck fish uh, are coming. South of the islands is having its good days and its bad days, um, but there's still smaller fish there. And if you fish, you know, like I say, east of Chatham, especially if you troll bars, I think you, you you do have a greater chance of picking up the smaller fish where bait will bring up the you know, overclass fish. So you, you then you can't retain them on any license at this moment in time, not till September. So so that yeah, that that's starting. And of course, you know, the canyons is still pretty lively. Um, you know, that that's good as well. So. Yeah, they, they, they're offshore, inshore, everywhere. It's like what I love about you know this time of year. It's it's sometimes a hard decision to work out where to fish because there's so many fish. Yeah, and there's so many different species of fish as well. Whether you have a boat or not, that you can target, which is what makes this area so great. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to go a long way. You know, Winslow. You know, he he had his two tuna fish, so he had his fun, and then he you know he's coming back round to come into Zakatucket comes over the shoals, decides to drift it, and like I said this weekend, for whatever reason, the fit fish bit, got his limited sea bass and his limited fluke. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't down Nantucket shoals. It was just, you know, he was just off Monomoy. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's there's some really good fishing close to shore. If you're especially if you're prepared to go fishing after dark, mm. there's some really good fishing from the shore. There really is. And again, sorry, the last thing I'd say on that is, you know, if you can get on the bay side, certainly up towards P-Town from, from the shore during the day, 
you do have the chance of getting into bluefish especially because they very actively feed during the day. Mm. And from a sporting perspective, you'll have an absolutely fantastic time. And as you like to mention, they eat very well too if you smoke them. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, I'm English. I'm crazy. You know, you, like you say, you bleed them, you ice them, you got them quickly, and then you smoke them and they're absolutely beautiful. So speaking of, of the English delicacy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Phil, but Ryan went out yesterday and he went fluke fishing. They did very well. They got their limit in fluke. And he also kept a couple of dogfish that he is currently filleting down at his house right now. Um, and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that an English delicacy that they make fish and chips out of? Yes, and it's actually an American delicacy. Okay. Now, a lot of Sometimes you'll see rock salmon mm-hmm. on a menu, and rock salmon is, is dogfish. And it, a few years ago, that they were trying really hard in Chatham. They were calling it Chatham fish, mm. which is dogfish. Ironically, it's, it's an absolute pain in the butt to fillet because the, t- the skin's so tough. We used to fillet them. We used to use a carpet knife to actually cut the skin and peel <laughs> the skin off. But they're a cartilageous fish, so they've got no bones in. So if you don't like bones, you know, cut the head off, cut the fins off, get the skin off, and then you don't know what you've got. <laughs> but you've got something with with no no bones in it. actually tastes really good. It's the prep time that's a bit miserable. Well, I just thought I would pass that along, and you might find it interesting. He's currently filleting two of them, and I'm sure he's going to fry them up in a pan, and, and we'll see what creation he and his wife end up coming up with. <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to love I know it tastes good. I used to actually, in England, was how, this is one of the reasons why we live over here now. We used to target dogfish as a species because it was considered worth catching. So, you know, many a time I've actually uh, grilled those up on the rocks fishing in North Wales. Actually, you know, they're they're pretty, they're almost impossible to kill. But once you have finally killed it, it's, it's you used to fry them up on the spot on the rocks. They're great. That sounds very interesting, and and I'm sure Ryan will come up with a tasty way, or maybe his lovely wife Lauren I'll will come more, up with Lauren, a tasty well, I'm way. More, more likely Lauren to be fair. Yep, we we both trust her. But Phil, um, I just want to check in too on the shop. How are things going down at the shop? How's inventory? And I'm sure there's still plenty of folks popping in. Yeah, we yeah today with it being slightly over slightly, yeah over over uh, cast, we were absolutely cranking all day. We we still have lots of pretty much everything. More inventory still, even though it's you know we're coming into mid August, we have inventory piling in every day. We've just receiving tomorrow. We've got pretty much every new color and item in the Yeti range, okay. apart from hard side callers. And the big thing to announce to to the my fishing K cod community is. This weekend coming is in Massachusetts, the tax-free weekend. Oh, yeah. So it's a great opportunity. If you're looking for a, a rod, a reel, a combo, just about anything, up to $2,500 for a single purchase, you can actually get it tax-free. So it's a great way of getting a 60% discount. And we will be doing deals across the shop. So it's a great opportunity to to reload on the good stuff and save some money this weekend. And, Phil, what are the hours looking like this weekend? We'll be running 8 till 6 on saturday and we'll be running eight till four on sunday perfect thanks so much for the update i think i might actually make a little journey down and take advantage of that tax-free holiday it sounds like a good deal sure look forward to seeing you all right phil thanks so much for your time and again happy 27th wedding anniversary to you and your lovely wife jan (laughs) all right there's gary speak to you soon mate well next up on today's edition of the my fishing cape cod podcast is our good buddy bruno demir from down at cape and islands Mitsubishi and last when we spoke with Bruno he was over in Istanbul Turkey but he is now back safely stateside and I understand Bruno you're getting into the fluke we have been getting into the fluke the fluke fishing is hot and heavy and in the best part of the season right now 
All right, so we're into August. We're almost 10 days in, and let's start off with yesterday's adventure. Bruno, yesterday was Sunday, August the 8th, and it was a big day for you. It was a beautiful day out, and you headed out fluke fishing, and it was the giveaway trip from your fundraiser, and you had one winner, and Cousin Eddie, your good buddy and cousin, had one of the other winners, so you were buddy boat fishing, team fishing, and I understand you had Ryan on board as well. Was he on your boat, Bruno? Yeah, so I had Ryan and Leo Schmidt, which is a uh, member of the forums on my boat. And uh, Eddie was uh, was nice enough to contribute to the cause, and he took his boat out. And we brought out uh, Rich Shannad, which is uh, also a member on the board. And Rich came all the way from Ithaca, New York, to join us, along with uh, my other cousin, Mark. So I had Eddie and Mark Kriumjian in one boat with Richard Chenard and Ryan and I and Leo Schmidt and my oldest son, my 10-year-old, was with us. So you had a great crew, and I just want you to kind of set the stage for what yesterday was like. I know Ryan brought a lot of his camera equipment, Bruno. I, I don't know if you fished with him when he's in full kind of content mode with all those cameras and drones, but I fished with him a bunch of times. I actually asked Ryan to go fishing to go bass fishing on Saturday. And he said, nope, I'm too busy. I got to get all my cameras ready for the uh, fluke trip. So let me know, you know, give us the in the listeners a taste of, of what it was like out there yesterday. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, Ryan, Ryan's a true professional. I mean, with the gear he brought out, he got some great footage of both boats uh, right in the middle of it. I mean, he, he had hookup after hookup on the water uh, shots and, and drone shots and we were all mic'd up. It was it was uh, straight out of National Geographic. That's what it felt like. But we could not have picked a better day. The better tides. Uh, the tides really weren't that great last week, but the tides got really strong starting Friday. So uh, by Sunday they were. Uh, I'm sorry. By uh, Sunday they were full flare. And uh, we had some great tides. We had some really good moving water. We had nice calm seas. It was just an absolute perfect storm. And where did you head out, Bruno, when you steamed out on Sunday? So we went straight out uh, into uh, towards Monomoy. Um, I kept going down to Nantucket Shoal. Uh, Cousin Eddie made a pit stop because his boat's quicker than mine. And he picked up a bunch of uh, blues and a small striper at the rips there inside Monomoy. And then we steamed down to uh, the Nantucket Shoals. And we pretty much hung around uh, McBlair's and big round shoal areas of Nantucket. And when you guys set up for the day, Bruno, how much water were you in? Give us a taste of, of what your setup was like and what you were getting these fluke on. Sure, we were... Uh, mainly at about 70 feet, that's mm. where we saw uh, a better concentration of bigger fish biting. Uh, we set sail at 5 a.m. out of Sacquatucket Harbor in Harwich, and we were at the fluke grounds by 6.30. And by the time we set up and dropped our first line, it was 7 a.m. Uh, the tide was pretty strong all the way until about uh, 11 o'clock. And halfway through, we were almost limited out on four people, uh, along with Eddie's boat limiting out on three people. Uh, so we started getting picky, 
because we were on the hunt for a big fluke. We really wanted to see one of the boats land a uh, big, uh, you know, 25-inch-plus fluke. And uh, Leo Schmidt, which was the guest on my boat, hooked up onto something strong. We thought it was a really big bluefish because there was some presence of big 30, 35-inch bluefish out there. Mm. We thought he caught a blue and didn't pay much attention as he struggled to get it to the boat. And uh, I'm hoping Ryan got a shot of it because he had his underwater camera down at the time. And as he started pulling up closer, we realized, holy cow, that's a doormat. That's not a blue. And uh, we almost lost it because we weren't ready for it. And we ended up netting and boating a 28-inch, 9.5-pound fluke, Mm. just shy of double digits. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And what what does a fish like that weigh, Bruno? Roughly, uh, we weighed it in at uh, somewhere around nine to nine and a half pounds. I couldn't quite get an exact because the boat was moving, but it had a muff on it the size of a striper. Yeah, teeth like a dogfish. You know, uh, it was a big, big fish. Um, I could tell you there was many fish in the eighteen to twenty-four inch class. Uh, we didn't really keep anything that was 17 inch. A lot of the majority of the fish were bigger fish and we got picky. There was a lot of 18, 19 inch fluke going back overboard between both boats. And, uh, Bruno, were you getting these fluke on, on a spoon? Did you have to bait it at all with, with squid or anything, or was it just a, a straight up jig? You know, we went out there with uh macro. We went out there with squid um and gulp and uh we used a high low rig with a fluke uh spoon on there yep and uh the the bigger ones though what we noticed came in on the fluke bellies Mm. yeah that's very interesting and i know did you have a presence of dogfish or any other species down at the bottom i'm sure ryan will tell you too but we actually had very little um presence of uh critters you know i think yeah i think we might have had one sea robin and yeah not bad um, maybe three dogfish yeah which uh i believe well well, ryan actually kept two of the dogfish he says he's gonna try them out but i'm sure he'll talk more about that um but yeah very little uh nuisance it was uh mainly fluke hookups yeah i think they eat I want to say they eat, aren't, isn't it in London or something? They dogfish or like fish and chips or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, actually a lot of the uh, commercial dogfish that's harvested in Cape Cod end up in England. Yeah. In England, it's sold as fish and chips. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I was uh, somewhat right. Yeah. And another interesting skate, uh, skate commercially landed in Cape Cod ends up in France. It's actually in a lot of menus in Mm. france which i can attest to when i was there i I saw it in a lot of different menus of france yeah being a man of the world and and a well-traveled guy that you are that does not shock me so i'm glad that you got a little bit of variety but they weren't a nuisance to you out there on sunday it sounds like you had an extremely successful trip bruno and i just want to do a quick little whip around before i let you go what are you hearing about the other species on cape cod You, you you touched on bluefish you touched on fluke you hearing anything about striped bass? Um, I'm hearing that uh, guys are limiting out on commercial size striper off of Nossa Beach. 
so I, I did hear that a couple different from a couple different sources. So I'm pretty sure that's true. And that's what I heard on Striper on this side of the world on Cape Cod for me. Um, the funny fish are here. And uh, I'm going to try to get out to the Hooter this week yep. and try to do some bonito fishing. And um, what else can I tell you? There's still a ton of sea bass if you head south of Monomoy that are keep a size. Matter of fact, I think uh, Richard that was on Eddie's boat. They landed like a uh, 23 or 24-inch sea bass yesterday. Beauty. I mean, uh, that's a big sea bass, you know. Yeah. It's a beauty. Um, so uh, the, the bluefin guys are still out east of Chatham playing around, although that commercial season is closed. Um, I landed one on Wednesday, which was exciting. Uh, it came in at 96 inches. We fought it for an hour and 40 minutes. That was on uh, my buddy's boat, Team Hook'em. That was a good time. Yeah, I saw a picture of you on, with that fish. It was a, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous fish. Yeah, that was exciting. I, I can't wait to do that again. Uh, I believe the season's going to open back up on September first, and I guess we'll talk more about that stuff then. Yep. So uh, there's your variety of what's going on here on the south side of Cape Cod. Well, I really appreciate it, Bruno. I'm so glad that you had such a great experience out there yesterday fluke fishing with Ryan and, and the winners from the contest and really appreciate you taking some time out of your week to check in with us and I look forward to catching up with you next week. We'll do. One last thing I want to throw out there. Uh, Friday and Saturday of this week, if you come down to the dealership and test drive the new redesigned SUV, the Mitsubishi Outlander, you get to test drive it, see what it's all about, and we give you a uh, thermal coffee slash iced coffee cup to take home with you as a gift. Oh, that's an awesome incentive. And, and when were those dates again, Bruno? Uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Perfect. And when, when's the dealership open this weekend for the weekend hours? Uh, we're open 9 to 6 on Friday and 9 to 3 on Saturday. Thanks so much for mentioning that, and hopefully that'll motivate to get people out and come say hi to you. Absolutely. I'll be there. All right, Bruno, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks, guys. Tight lines. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Matt Rainamo from the Nantucket Tackle Center over on beautiful Nantucket Island. And Matt, how is this week going for you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. And it's been a little bit since we've had a chance to catch up. I know we've had some pretty snotty weather. We've had a lot of wind and a lot of rain over the past couple of weeks. But have you had a chance to get out on the water and do any guiding or fishing of your own? I have. I've been to. Uh, I've been hitting the Bonita Bar whenever time and conditions weather allows, um, and that has been pretty good. Um, not, you know, it hasn't been lights out, but there's been Bonita there. Um, some days they're mixed in with bluefish. Others, um, they've been alone. But um, in any case, they're there and with with some consistency. And are you still seeing, you, you mentioned they're mixed in with bluefish, are you still seeing like a good, I'll say, influx of the Nantucket blues, as we like to call them, and pretty decent-sized ones as well? Yeah, blue fishing has been, been great. It's been, uh, it's been a good summer um, for bluefish, which is nice after quite a few kind of off years, but uh, it seems like there's plenty around this year. Both, um, you know, size-wise, there's big fish, there's medium fish, there's small fish. 
Um, they're in their usual spots. They're on the Bonita Bar, um, you know, which a lot of times I kind of would prefer to see a few of a few less of them on the Bonita Bar. But that's a that's a champagne problem. Yeah, for sure. And when you're out Bonito fishing, and I guess this is a question for you to put your bait and tackle store owner hat on for too. What have been you know some of the successful Bonito techniques and, and, and lures that you're using to catch those fish, and, and what lures are you moving in the store? The the most successful one in my that I use is a Yazuri Crystal Minnow, mm-hmm. um, the sinking version. Uh, I like it to sink because when you stop it and it and it sinks down, they like that um, rather than a you know a lure. You don't want that thing floating back up to the top. You want it kind of sinking down, and sometimes they'll whack it when it's just sinking and sometimes they'll hit it once you start moving it again um now the Vanita bar is kind of a um you know it's it's they're consistently there and you fish the incoming tide uh trolling can be great just blind casting can be great either one um just put in your time and and cover the water and keep keep your lure in the water um so i love i love the user crystal minnow for that um the last couple years we've really had um a great harbor bite too they've come into nantucket harbor and they're running around and they're blitzing and that's much more of a visual um you know find the fish and and find them under the birds and get a lure into them fast um for that situation kind of one of the one of the um skinny metals that proliferate the market now you know there's a there's lots of brands um i don't have a clear favorite but something that is little and heavy and you can really bullet a cast into breaking fish quick is good for those situations when you can when you can see them and and getting something to them and into that frenzy fast is the most important thing and as someone that doesn't know a ton about fishing nantucket matt are you able to get these fish at all at any point in this i'll say late summer to fall run from shore um yes you definitely are and uh but it's 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 definitely um one that you're you're at a pretty distinct disadvantage i think from from someone in a boat um the bonita bar is 100 percent a boat spot they're you know they're you're you're kind of close to Madica beach and and they do catch um you will catch bonita and other other fish there obviously Madica beach smith point that whole stretch um you know, there's there's most certainly Bonita in the area, but um, if you're fishing the Bonita Bar from a boat on the right tide and you're doing everything, um, you're putting in your time. I, I, you know, your chances are better at better than average for for all of August that so you're going to get um, some fish. Whereas if you're fishing from the beach um, anywhere um, along that Smith Point Edge and Great Points, also another great. Um, bonita spot that's probably where most of our beach bonita are caught um, but you you kind of need a little luck um, or more than a little luck on your side to get a beach bonita um, and then the last couple years uh, with the, them blitzing around the harbor um, bram point's been great there's been plenty of times when when they come within casting distance of bram point in the lighthouse there um, so that's that's a possibility too but even in the harbor, um, you know, they're not always going to be in charge in, in front of Brand Point. So to have a boat and be able to chase them around is is a big advantage. So we've we've covered Benito, we've covered some bluefish. 
Uh, let's not neglect the striper bite. I finally got into some fish, uh, a few larger ones even inside a Cape Cod Bay, which has been a very refreshing kind of surprise for me that I didn't necessarily expect this August. I know it's kind of the dog days of summer for you guys in terms of stripers, and there's definitely probably not a lot doing in the shallow water and on the on the flats in terms of sight casting, all that good stuff. Are you hearing of guys having a little bit more success out in deeper water by boat, or is it just kind of like dried up over there? No, there's some pretty decent rip fishing still out out in um, deeper water in the rips, and the guys that are um, you know the guys that are fishing fishing sunset and, and later are still uh, getting a few fish from the beach here and there. Um, you know, and a, a, a guy from Nantucket I just saw posted online who was a great fisherman. Um, he was out the other day and getting you know they were schoolies, but top water middle of the day shallow water um, in August. So. You know, as soon as you think you you you're sure they're not going to be there, he he'll go out and get a few in the in the most unlikely of circumstances. And in terms of the Nantucket Tackle Center, you guys still stocked up for you know the striper fishermen? Are you getting eels still? What do you guys have in in store? Yeah, we have we uh, you know we'll keep getting eels throughout the fall. We're we're uh, still stocked up pretty good on. On lures, rods, reels, everything. We've we've done we've done a pretty decent job keeping the shelves uh, the shelves full. And another thing I wanted to touch on with you is the tuna fishery, or just the offshore fishery in general. I know you have a lot of sources that have been out fishing the canyons. What can you tell us about the the offshore bite from Nantucket? Uh, I've heard a lot of good things. You know, I haven't I haven't made it yet. I'm trying to put something together soon, but. There's been plenty of yellowfin around. A buddy of mine caught some white, uh, some blue marlin a couple of days ago. Um, there's also I've heard of some canyon strips that were that were long fishless uh, fishless days. So um, a little hit or miss out there. You got to make sure you're going to the right spot. But um, it can be excellent. And that nearshore offshore bite has kind of happening too. You know these the 35 pounders at the dump and even closer to Nantucket. Uh, it seems like they're still coming in with some regularity. And in terms of the Nantucket Tackle Center's offshore resources, you guys still have uh, stuff available for the tuna guys? We do, yep. Fully stocked there, too. Um, you know, spreader bars uh, and other trolling options for you or live bait hooks, leaders, um, respooling, you know, get new line on, on your reels, hollow core braid, uh, spliced in top shots, anything, anything you may want or need. And one last thing I just wanted to ask you, Matt, is as we're getting later into the season, are you still booking guide trips at all if folks are interested in trying to get in touch with you? Not really. Okay. I'm pretty much booked up for the rest of uh, the rest of the season. Yep. Um, I know we talked about maybe earlier in the spring. I'm headed to Costa Rica pretty soon with my family um, for for a year abroad. So I'm I'm, I'm out of here early. No, on a normal year, I would most certainly be be still booking um and ready to kind of take take out um parties through october but this year's a little different and uh and i'm booked until my departure and when's your departure matt uh august 23rd in the in the store will keep running without you or how will that yeah, work the store will keep running uh you know it w- i won't be physically there but um it'll it will be open through christmas Perfect. And we'll look forward to uh, hopefully catching up with you a couple of times while you're down in, in Costa Rica and getting some reports on your adventures down there. 
Sounds great. I look forward to it, too. All right, Matt, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. All right. Thank you very much. A big thanks to Costa Rica-bound Matt Reynamo over the next couple of weeks, pretty much two weeks to the date from the taping of this podcast. Matt and his beautiful family will be headed down to Costa Rica, and we certainly look forward to checking in with Matt throughout his stay and his year abroad down there. And that's going to put the wraps on an action-packed podcast. want to take a moment to thank all of our guests on today's show, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans, Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, and last but not least, Matt Rainamo from the Nantucket Tackle Center. So I know we covered a lot of ground. The podcast was a little bit longer than our usual. Thank you for bearing with me. Hopefully, everyone was able to get some good intel and information out of this week's show. So that's going to do it for me. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. And until we chat again on the next edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care. <laughs>